Good morning and welcome to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan and I'm here with co-host Monica Braz, Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB. Good morning. Later this morning, we'll bring you some things to keep in mind as you prepare for back to school. It appears no matter what, you'll need to have some digital technology and BBB has some tips to keep you safe. And although we've experienced some of the hottest weather of the year in the past couple of weeks, we also know it will get cold again. And when it does, it's nice to have a nice, warm fireplace to cozy up to. Matt Wallace is the owner of Safe Home Fireplace. Welcome to Ask BBB, Matt. Good morning, and nice to chat with you guys again. So, Matt, you know, we're probably not really wanting to think about the cold weather, let's be honest. But <laughs> is this a good time to consider installation of a fireplace so that we are ready for the winter weather when it arrives? Uh, in fact, more so than ever, uh, just due to our current uh, situation with uh, supply chain issues. Um, it's uh, typically incredibly busy uh, for uh, folks in my industry uh, leading from September onward. However, getting that uh, all set out ahead of time is more important than ever just due to uh, supply chain issues and um, the d difficulty sometimes in getting our hands on products, whether it be due to the lack of uh, raw materials and what we're uh, running into now with uh, the shortage of semiconductor uh, microchips, which go into uh, gas fireplaces. So what is the timeline now? Um, depending, you know, it's a bit of a roll of the dice, you know, if uh, we were, our, our company personally has uh, uh, hoarded a lot of fireplaces, so we're, we're doing okay in terms of uh, cer certain model stock availability, but, you know, we, we could have, it could be anywhere between uh, a couple weeks to uh, several months uh, to get certain products in right now. Okay, so, you know, when people are considering range of choices, part of their decision may also be what's available and looking at the timeframes that they're looking at. So how do you help homeowners decide, you know, through all of the choices, what's a good product that'll best suit their situation? Well, it's going to range in terms of aesthetic choices. I mean, that is uh, definitely uh, on, on the top of the list of the homeowner because, you know, this is going to be a part of your living space for many, many years to come. Uh, but there will also be uh, technical um, and those sort of parameters in terms of heat output. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of times, you know, customers' uh, eyes are a lot bigger than their stomachs, so to speak. And, you know, you want this big, beautiful, bold fireplace. However, uh, in, in some cases, that might be just uh, too much heat output. So it, it can be a fine balancing act of aesthetics and uh, heat output. Well, what is the range of uh, the choices that people have in terms of both the look and, and the output? Yeah, so it, it also depends on the fuel source as well. Um, so, you know, what one uh, product category that is definitely uh, gaining a lot of traction these days are electric fireplaces, uh, mostly due to the fact that you can have uh, a big, bold visual, uh, however, with uh, the choice of no heat. Um, you know, however, what you see in a magazine or in a photo might look a little bit different than what looks, uh, what it looks like in your living room in terms of an electric, uh, fireplace, uh, heat display. Um, but, um, you know, that, that, that's been a big, uh, uh, seller these days, but then, you know, in terms of gas versus wood, 
Uh, gas also gives you a lot more control of the heat output at any given time, uh, you know, with the click of a button. Uh, whereas uh, wood burning, uh, although still very popular, uh, it's more or less all or nothing. And uh, but but we'd still do lots of uh, uh, high efficiency wood burning appliances uh, because we do sell a lot of products to uh, the folks in the rural areas where. Uh, you know, propane and uh, heating oil is very expensive to heat with. Can you just expand a little bit on on the high efficiency wood burning? Uh, what what has technology done in order to make uh, the wood burning appliance more efficient? Well, that's actually a bit of an interesting question. So, where that actually all started from was the government regulations in terms of pollution. Uh, the government didn't necessarily care so much about efficiency as it did. It didn't simply want that smoke entering the atmosphere. So what the engineers with the wood uh, burning appliance companies did was burned that smoke, which in turn made the appliances much more efficient. So it was kind of a win-win situation where, you know, the essentially the wood burning appliances nowadays are using less than half the amount of wood and giving you a little more heat and producing next to no visible smoke uh, exiting the chimney. So there, there's different uh, ways to achieve this. Uh, some companies really worked hard on the engineering to really slow down the, uh, the, the, the movement uh, of, of uh, oxygen and the exhaust. So the smoke was actually more present in the fireplace to burn it as fuel. Uh, whereas some companies uh, just added a catalytic converter that you would find in an automobile uh, to uh, raise the internal temperatures in order to uh, burn that smoke as fuel. Uh, both have their pros and cons, uh, but but at the end of the day, uh, they're both achieving the, uh, the the higher efficiency, which which in turn uh, equated to less pollution in the air. It, it's actually fantastic. We we heat our own home with wood. And, uh, you know, when you look up at the chimney stack, you'd, you'd never know the appliances are running because there's there is no visible smoke uh, exiting the chimney. So hopefully we still have a fair bit of summer weather that we can enjoy. Can we go over some of the offerings available for portable barbecues or grills? Things are changing in that uh, department for sure. Um, so, you know, we, we do have lots of portable um, you know, barbecues and grills, but uh, what what has been a huge seller for us uh, this last season has actually been portable pizza ovens. And uh, they, they've really taken a stronghold in terms of our sales because uh, the advantage of these are, you know, the super high cooking temperatures, which, you know, people can cook pizzas in them, but uh, also uh, using cast iron cookware, um, you can, you know, achieve high temperatures and have a lot of fun cooking in those and the portability of them is incredible. So, you know, in, in a small tote bag, you can carry around to your cottage, to your friend's house, uh, a pizza oven that can achieve, uh, 900 degrees Fahrenheit of cooking temperatures. And, uh, again, a personal favorite of mine and the, uh, you know, the, the, the sights and smells and uh, tastes, of course, are, are, are incredible using these, uh, using these appliances. So Matt, with such high heat then, these are things that don't necessarily only need to be used in the summer. Um, I'm assuming some of these are really great and insulated that potentially that we can even barbecue in the winter? Absolutely. In fact, uh, I purchased my own uh, first 
pizza oven in the uh, the cold of the winter. And uh, once once you're getting to those temperatures, and and like you said, with the uh, the insulation factor of these these pizza ovens, they 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 work flawlessly. So you know, definitely you can prepare yourself a very nice hot treat uh, at any time of the year. We're talking with Matt Lawless, who is the owner of Safe Home Fireplace and accredited business to BBB. And our conversation will continue after this short break. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with Monica Braz, the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB. And our guest this morning is Matt Lawless, the owner of Safe Home Fireplace. And we're going to keep talking about how to stay warm outdoors. So let's talk about wood-burning fire pits. Are they allowed in the city? They absolutely are. However, there are some stipulations which will range from municipality to municipality. However, in London, as long as your fire pit is away from any structure, 12 feet or greater, and that the fire pit is smaller than 46 centimeters by 46 centimeters, which is about four feet, um, three or four feet by three or four feet, you're, you're good to go. And they also require, you know, some stipulations in terms of what you're burning the fire in, uh, that it's an enclosed, you know, non-combustible, of course, uh, container, and that you should have uh, a fire extinguisher on hand and uh, the fire must be out uh, by midnight. Once again, that, that would be a wood-burning fire pit. There, there are uh, options for, for gas fire pits as well, eh? Yeah, so this is definitely a segment of the industry that has taken off incredibly since COVID. Uh, people want to be more cozy at home, uh, enjoy their own backyard. And yeah, there is definitely a range of uh, gas fire pits, uh, gas fire tables in particular, uh, have been very, very popular. Uh, and then also the uh, patio heaters. So there's definitely a difference uh, in terms of heat output from what I would consider a fire pit or a fire table uh, versus a heater. Uh, a fire table, it's maybe a little bit a uh, misconstrued notion that they will produce heat. Uh, because the flame is simply like in the middle and there's nothing to build up the radiant heat, you, you really don't get a whole lot of heat from them. Uh, something such as a radiant gas patio heater is far different. You know, that's they, they can come in different forms, such as, you know, the stand-up type that you might see at a restaurant or in somebody's backyard versus a wall-mounted unit um, that that will produce nice, you know, kind of that bone warming feeling of uh, the radiant heat coming from those types of heaters. When we're talking about deck uh, or patio heaters, uh, how difficult are they to maintain? Are some models uh, harder to maintain than, than others? Uh, with any gas appliance, you want to make sure that, you know, that maybe you're having a gas technician check them out uh, at least annually, especially if there's been a long hiatus of non-use. Uh, the reason is spiders love the smell of the ingredient that's added to natural gas or propane to give that kind of rotten egg odor. And uh, the spiders will get into the gas orifices and, uh, set up shop, which can, uh, you know, block the flow of the fuel, uh, which generally won't produce a dangerous situation, just the non-function of your, your appliance. But uh, either way, if, if anybody ever has any doubt, uh, definitely uh, highly recommended to get a, uh, a certified uh, gas technician out to take a look at it. 
Is that a service that you offer? Absolutely. We are licensed TSSA gas contractors and uh, yeah, we sell service and install um, backyard heaters. So let's switch a little bit to talk about chimneys and chimney cleaning. So if we have a wood-burning natural fireplace, how important is it to really have that chimney cleaned? And, you know, how often are we supposed to be looking at that? So the Ontario Building Code, um, and under that is the uh, Ontario Fire Code, requires that a wood-burning appliance be inspected and cleaned once a year. No stipulation as to whether it should be a professional or not. However, just that it's inspected and cleaned once a year. Uh, On top of that, anything up and above one sixteenth of an inch of uh, chimney uh, deposits requires a chimney cleaning. Um, So, you know, definitely important to get that looked at. A lot of homeowners, when they first move into a home, uh, very, very good idea to get a chimney cleaning and an inspection at that point. You know, even though you know, they might stick their head up their fireplace and everything looks relatively clean. If you can't see to the top, you don't know what's up there. There could have been a nest in there. There could be some other blockages. So it's good to start off from a clean slate at that point. How do chimney sweeps uh, work these days? Is it still the same as it uh, was years and years ago? Um, it can be, but um, our, our company in particular, we use uh, what's called a rotary chimney sweeping uh, technique, which everything is done from the inside of the house. Uh, we have highly flexible rods with uh, different heads on the end, depending on the type of appliance that we're cleaning. Uh, th- this way it keeps our... Uh, our staff safe because they're not, uh, you know, flying high up on the roof and um, it, it works a lot more efficiently that way. In fact, it does a, a fabulous job. We've had uh, firsthand experience of coming in after our competitors uh, where the, the, the homeowner was unsure of uh, how well the chimney was cleaned. And uh, one in particular that I'll never forget, we, we pulled out about 15 gallons of creosote uh, that was missed by using just the traditional uh, drop-down broom method. So, yeah, this uh, this this um, new way that we've been uh, sweeping the chimneys, we're not only happy with the the efficiency of time, but the the effectiveness of the uh, the cleaning itself. Is there any way that a homeowner can tell if that cleaning job has been done properly? You know, it's it's tough. Um, you know, unless you had a clear view from you know the bottom of your chimney to the top. Uh, it, it, it's really tough to know. I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, word of mouth reviews, online reviews, better business bureau, uh, accredited businesses is definitely uh, a, a good start. Um, and, uh, you know, it's definitely one of those things that you don't want to uh, mess around with, I would say. So that's kind of an inspection and looking. And while we're on that, uh, can you describe what a wet inspection is the w-e-t-t yes absolutely uh i get a lot of questions about that especially considering we perform these inspections so uh what wet stands for is wood energy technical training uh this is uh, a body that uh, educates and trains and certifies individuals uh to perform inspections um and also uh, chimney sweeping. Um, And and there's actually some other uh, certifications such as, um, you know, being, you know, understanding pellet stoves and different appliances and that sort of thing. But um, so so what a a WETT inspection entails is 
uh, a uh, code compliance inspection and report to the homeowner as far as uh, whether the appliance uh, follows or meets the Ontario building code and or the manufacturer's instructions. So a lot of your typical open wood burning fireplaces would fall under the Ontario building code and a lot of your wood stoves or wood burning inserts or factory built wood burning fireplaces uh, all would fall under the manufacturer's instructions, which have all been uh, CSA and uh, ULC tested in laboratories. So an inspector must be able to uh, be fully aware of the Ontario building code pertaining to wood burning fireplaces and chimneys, but also uh, be able to uh, research and look up the individual appliances uh, certification and you know technical specs to uh, confirm that uh, it's all code compliant and safe for the homeowner. Matt, we want to thank you very much for taking time to impart some of this knowledge to us to help us look forward to being warm through the winter. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Matt Lawless is the owner of Safe Home Fireplace, an accredited business with the BBB with an A-plus rating. And you can learn more about their products and services in the BBB directory, and that will lead you right to their website and to their social media pages as well. After a short break, we'll be back with notes on what you need to get for the start of the new school year. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Monica Braz. Well, Monica, it's hard to realize that we're just a couple of weeks before school is back. And this year, once again, uh, it'll be a little different. As it has been for some time now, it is a changing landscape, that's for sure. We do know that many will be returning in person and some will be returning using online learning. But either way, it's still most likely students will be using technology for learning in one way or another. In fact, a recent research report on consumer shopping habits shows purchases of digital learning tools up 37% year over year. It seems that digital technology has impacted almost every aspect of our lives, Monica. Absolutely. And that same survey shows that not only are consumers shopping for digital learning tools, they're also using digital technology to make those purchases. So once we go online, we need to have our scammer senses turned on then. Absolutely. Because shortages of supplies and increased demand makes the field ripe for scammers. They are out there with deals that look too good to be true, leading consumers to very attractive but phony websites. So what are the BBB tips to help us put our scammer senses on high alert? Well, shop with familiar retailers. That's a good place to start. Laptops, tablets, or other tech accessories can be a major investment. So shop with a business that you know and that you trust to ensure that you're getting a quality product and also that you would have good customer service to support you after that purchase. Don't buy from imposters. Fraudsters may use the same name, logo, and other characteristics of brands that you trust, but really closely examine the website to verify that they really are who, say, who they say they are. You know, it's, it's pretty normal for retailers to do back-to-school promotions, so how do we sort out the good deals from the scammers? Well, look at the prices. Approach low prices with caution. Low prices and short-term sales could be a sign you've encountered a scam. If the price seems too good to be true, it always is. Some companies really offer sales, so do more research if a company that really discounts products is offering a huge sale. The products may be used or refurbished, so that may be the reason why the prices are very low, or you could have encountered a fake website. 
So once more, this appears to be a case where you should do some research and preparation before you start out to make that purchase. Yes. Know what you're shopping for. Set a budget. Identify what capabilities will benefit your student and compare your options. Then shop around for a reliable seller. Researching the best product for your needs will help you avoid scams and buyer's remorse. And make sure you know whom the seller is. Some big box retailers allow third-party sellers to list items on their site, and those items can be hard to distinguish from the rest. Read all the fine print to ensure that you're comfortable with the seller and their selling conditions. Well, as always, good advice from BBB, Monica. You can find these shopping tips and more when you search BBB.org. And that's our program for this time. Remember, if you have a suggestion for a topic or guest you'd like to hear on the program, you can contact us anytime on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBBWesternONT, or tweet us at hashtag AskBBB. And thanks for listening this morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Monica Brass. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.